0: that idea of competition, I think humanity has lost. People tend to want somebody to be in charge and solve all the problems, and they don't let ideas compete. And this right here with Bitcoin and Nostra are two of the biggest competitions that are happening. No one can control your money, no one can control your speech. And if you have uncontrollable money and uncontrollable speech, what does that world look like? Because we haven't seen it since, in theory, the invention of the printing press.
1: Learning with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana.
0: And I'm Ian. And, and we're, we're the, the Recepis. Recepis.
1: My husband, Ian, is a Bitcoin enthusiast, but I... I'm not. Each week, he tries to teach me something about Bitcoin and Bitcoin adoption. We have a lot of fun with it.
0: But I'm not trying to overwhelm you with technical analysis and price targets, babe.
1: You promise?
0: I promise.
1: And I promise we won't overwhelm you with ads. That's because we operate on the value for value business model. What's that? Instead of reading off a bunch of ads, we're going to keep things a little more personal, intimate, if you will. If you enjoy the show, meaning it brings you some value, consider supporting us. That support can be sharing the pot on your socials, recommending us to a friend and yes even sending us some money.
0: And since I'm the Bitcoiner, I prefer Bitcoin. And you can send us some on our favorite podcasting app, Fountain.
1: If you want to learn more about the pod, go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com and our bout page to learn the different ways you can support the show.
0: And if you're new here or not, make sure you check out the Satoshi savings calculator on the site. It's a little app that I built that enables you to set a goal for how much Bitcoin you want to acquire while also reinforcing certain Bitcoin concepts like the having and satoshis. And since I know Bitcoin corners are all about their privacy the app works completely in airplane mode and only saves data to your browser's local storage
1: to all our fountainheads out there keep making and sharing clips of the show we may make the content but without you all i'm really doing here is flirting with my husband in front of a microphone y'all ready i am let's go Hey Ian.
0: hey babe. Hola. Guten Tag. no. Konnichiwa. Hello. Hello. Bonjour. <laughs> and howdy to Texas.
1: Howdy, howdy. What time is it, babe?
0: The current time is 773-735 and we are 999 blocks since our last episode.
1: And if I give you a dollar, how many acres could I get? On Sunny Bitcoin Island
0: today, you could get four thousand three hundred and forty-six acres for a dollar.
1: So even less than last week. It's gone up. How much did it go up? I don't know. I don't check the price.
0: Okay, you just know that you get fewer sats. Yeah, that's all you need to know.
1: What's going on in the media, like about, or I'll say in, like mainstream media about the price of Bitcoin? Are people that aren't typically talking about Bitcoin saying like? By now, this is a this is a great time to buy Bitcoin, or it's going back up, or what's going on?
0: I mean, I don't follow mainstream media. I know, but if I had to guess,
1: yeah,
0: uh, mainstream media has been um, starting to admit that we're going to be in a recession. Yeah, this year, um, they're <laughs> they're debating. Surprise, surprise!
1: Yeah. We're going to be in a recession.
0: Yeah, they're admitting that a recession is on the way. Some people are saying it's been here for a while. Mm-hmm. And usually when recessions roll around, the pundits start talking about things you should do to like prepare yourself for recessions, particularly wealth preservation. And so I feel like I've seen a couple of things that will say gold, silver, or Bitcoin, mm. right? But not really any mainstream media telling you to buy Bitcoin as a way to hedge against the recession.
1: Yeah.
0: They will say it in the sense of like, some people would say to buy Bitcoin, right? Like Some that's people
1: a, are saying, I'm not saying. Yeah, you know, classic, <laughs> The classic Donald Trump move.
0: People are saying, I'm not people saying. People are
1: saying. People um, are saying it's great. It's like gold. It's like silver.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really follow that stuff anymore. I, I find it, I noticed this the other night, like there was something that came up about Stephen Colbert and I was like, wow, I haven't watched Colbert in a long time. I don't watch Seth Meyers. I don't watch any of those people anymore and it feels good.
1: I watch them. They're cuties. I like them.
0: Yeah, but it got real hard to watch them during like COVID when they were just like not actually giving people any real information. And so I don't think they're giving anyone information appropriate for the recession either.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are millionaires, funded by millionaires.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, but the way that they present their shtick is like, look at how ridiculous everyone is. Let's make fun of that. Yeah. But. If you're not providing alternative, better information, then you're not really providing any information.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're late night shows. I think it's hard to think of them as a source of news. I don't think of them as a source of news, but it is disappointing when they get things like blatantly wrong. And I mean, I'm just using them. That's where you know a lot of people are getting their information from.
0: I mean I'm just using them as an example. I think that they're just an extension of like the mainstream media, yeah. right? And they're so just they're summarizing just
1: summarizing what the news covered that day and making it a joke.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so like if you go off of for example what they're saying, then their jokes don't reflect the reality because they're just repeating what the official pundits are Absolutely, saying yeah, is the reality.
1: Yeah. Of course.
0: So, um, in Bitcoin land, everyone is very up on get as much bitcoin as you can, the having is coming, you know. <laughs> I think if the halving hits you know, around April 2024 and we're still in a recession, it's going to get very interesting for Bitcoin and it's going to get very interesting for, to your original question, what are they going to actually say about Bitcoin?
1: Time for shout outs. Booster of the week is Cypher High, and our top boost came from HunterSF770, Mom, I Love Sushi, Dug and Rope, and NW. So if you're a supporter of the show, I think you might be interested to know that Ian is working on a merchandise shop on our website. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've talked about it here and there, and people have asked us about it, but Ian is like the person that puts our plans into action. I will like think about something for like six months and not do anything about it. But he's like ready to go. He's told me I need to get my slogans together. We need to send it off to the designer so we can get this going. <laughs> but it's so hard for me to pull the trigger because I have these sayings that I think are so fun. Um, and I say them, but I don't know if they're too vulgar for mass consumption. So I, I want to run them by you guys. Uh, just a couple of them, not all of them. Um, And just, you know, give us some feedback. Like, do you like it? Do you not? Um, Do you think it's hilarious and genius that I came up with these things? Ian, what do you think of them so far? Before I say them.
0: I think they capture the essence of Bitcoin and our podcast. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think they're for everybody. I
1: don't think they're for everyone either. So the first one is, fuck flowers, buy me Bitcoin. (laughs) Which I think is how women should be. And men should be uh, approaching courtship these days. Like, flowers are such a waste of money. I personally don't like getting flowers for me, and I like getting plants. We were plant people before we were Bitcoin people.
0: We're still Um, plant people. We're still
1: very much plant people. But when this man spoils me, like, he brings home a plant, a potted plant, or, like, you know, a new pot, and repots one of my older plants, you know. So buying flowers is, like, such a waste of money. Would you say it's fiat? killing something and oh. handing it to someone that's gonna end make and knowing it's gonna die in a week
0: i don't know if it's fiat <laughs> like flowers are definitely real like some work goes into growing a lot of flowers, work goes into right? it yeah so it's not fiat but it is a
1: um kind of, it feels like a waste of money to me it's a waste yeah, of yeah. money. yeah yeah if you take like the romanticized commercialized especially like valentine's Day is coming up those types of things so the first is fuck flowers buy me bitcoin And the other one is, I don't want your nudes, send me Bitcoin, which again, lends to the whole (laughs) dating, uh, flirting theme, but really like, I don't really think people ever want nudes, but it's a little provocative. If you want to do something for them, if you want to be vulnerable, send me some sats, um, not your nudes. And then finally, just like the clean question of, are you flirting with Bitcoin? you know, so let us know. I think they're really clever. We have some other ones too that are a little bit more generic, but I'm going to come in with the risque ones and I would just love to know if any of you would rock anything, whether it's a mug or a t-shirt or hat. I don't know. Just let us know because I think these are hilarious, but it might just be me.
0: I mean, the slogans are good, but that's just half of it. Obviously, it has to look good also.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, that's not my part of it. I yeah, mean, right. yeah, I'll, I'll review the designs and such, but I'm not going to take credit for that. But interestingly enough, the designer of our logo and that kind of stuff, we pay in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, that's how we connected on Twitter.
1: It's worth noting, right? Yeah. So it's, it'll be designed by a Bitcoiner. They'll get it. Hopefully they think this stuff is genius. I mean we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. My favorite one is fuck flowers send bitcoin. I think that's the message that we should all be sending to anyone trying to get us anything. I know Ian wants to talk about some stuff this week. He has like a list that's in on the screen in front of me, but I cannot believe you don't have no straw on here. What am I You're obsessed with Nostra.
0: What would I put It's on like it.
1: all you talk about.
0: But there's no news.
1: I know, but like do you want to talk about your feeling? Do you want to talk to our listeners instead of me about how amazing Nostra is and how it's Bitcoin Twitter and how all the bitcoiners are on there and all the major bitcoiners are joining and it's like all you've been talking to me about this week.
0: We do a Bitcoin podcast. I mean, if you want to turn it into a Nostra podcast, we can.
1: I think you want to turn it into a Nostra podcast. I never
0: said that. I just think Nostra is very interesting. It has some overlaps with Bitcoin, but it's not where Bitcoin is. And if we're going to get into it, I have to go very technical. I don't think that's very... Uh, it's not what our podcast is about.
1: It's not, but you seem to connect understanding bitcoin to understanding why Nostra is going to be such a game changer it's going to change everything people who don't get it just don't get it because it's decentralized and this is the future
0: i mean the biggest thing so assuming whoever's listening is completely not technical right yeah the thing that we all like me sure i mean you know enough you have it you've experienced it right Uh, but the thing that like we can all relate to, especially if you're in the United States, is that whether you like him or not, the president of the United States was kicked off of Twitter, was kicked off of Facebook, was basically deplatformed, right? Like that happened. And whether you like the guy or not, we all had to just sit and watch it. No one could do anything. If you disagreed with it, you just kind of be like, well, it's Twitter. It's their company. They can do what they want. And that's technically true. But with Nostra, that would have never happened because no single entity controls the ability to communicate with the other people. And so for anybody who's ever been deplatformed from anything for doing or saying anything, Nostra is a place where you basically get social media without the ability to be deplatformed. And I feel like over the past like four or five years, people have been afraid to say a lot of things on social media out of fear of being deplatformed or canceled or whatever. And so... Here's a place where that's literally impossible. All the people that are there now are some of the smartest people, in my opinion, that are like walking around the planet right now.
1: But why do you think that this is attracting, like on Nostra, I'll say on the main feed, whatever that page is called, the global feed, it's all Bitcoin talk.
0: Right. Because the Bitcoiners get it, right? Like we've talked about this on the podcast. Bitcoin is an intelligence test. If you pass it, then you get the benefits of getting in early and getting it at the price you deserve. But it's an intelligence test. Anyone who has watched what's gone on for the last four years, let alone the last eight years or whatever, since 2008, if you can watch what's going on and not see how Nostra and Bitcoin are these two things that go together and solve each other's problems, then you're not really passing the intelligence test.
1: So you think that people that are on Twitter who aren't Bitcoiners are going to have a lag in understanding the benefits of Nostra. Even if they have been censored or their accounts have been suspended, whatever those things are, they're still somehow not clicking o- with why Nostra is what they should be early adopters of.
0: I think the fundamental like theory at play is that there are some people who think that you can get the right people in charge, And so when Elon Musk bought Twitter, people thought it was going to get better because they thought he was a free speech advocate and things were going to get better because now the right people are in charge. And then there are other people that think nobody should be in charge Mm -hmm. because no matter what side you're on, eventually you're going to end up on the wrong side.
1: There's always just personal bias. Regardless. A human being is a human being.
0: Sure. For whatever reason, there's bias. But the point is, is that when it comes to your money... And when it comes to being able to say what you want to say, if anybody is in control of that other than you, that's not the best situation to be in. How long do I think these people will take? It's been 14 years of Bitcoin. Not that many people have Bitcoin. I think Nostra will go a little bit faster than Bitcoin, but I think we're looking at like a decade of people not understanding that there's a place other than Twitter, other Ah, than Facebook. That's interesting. Like Bitcoin has existed for 14 years and there are people still debating whether or not we need it.
1: And you think that Nostra will eventually be like a full on social media platform with like video, photo sharing, those types of things as well? Or is it just decentralized Twitter?
0: So Nostra isn't purely social media. Nostra is a protocol, just like the internet operates on the HTTP protocol. Well, other protocols too, but that's like the top level one that we all know, you know, when you type in your browser, Mm -hmm. right? And over that protocol, we get all kinds of things. Social media is just one of them. Right? But we get everything on your phone basically goes over HTTP. Mm -hmm. Nostra is a decentralized HTTP, for lack of a better term, without getting into the technical details. And what that means is that right now, if I want to send you a message from, let's say you were in California and I'm sitting here in DC and I wanted to send you a message, there's a specific route and I don't really know the route. There's a specific route that 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 data has to take Mm -hmm. to get to you, right? And it's many hops. Most of it is over Amazon or Microsoft, right? With Nostra, we can both connect to a single computer that's in our basement. And when I send you a message, it goes from my phone to my computer or to that computer in the basement. And your phone is connected to that same computer in the basement. And there's nobody in between. We can share whatever we want over that protocol now, not just tweets, But right now, the simplest use case for Nostra is replacing Twitter. Right. Right? Because it's just text. Then they add images. Okay, now we're doing images. I tried to post a GIF today. Didn't really work, Mm -hmm. right? So we got to build up.
1: Yeah, someone sent me a GIF or like, you know, tweeted me a GIF and I can't see it.
0: Yeah. And so depending on the client you have, depending on a lot of different factors, like all the common functionality isn't there. It's very early. It's very, very early. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the fundamental idea is that Like today, uh, one of these um, really top tier Bitcoiners, right? Um, Lynn, uh, Lynn Alden, she's like a big macro analyst or whatever. Like she got on Nostra today, Mm -hmm. right? And so she joined. And number one, we all know that it's her because over on her Twitter account, she posted her public key. So it's not like someone can come to Nostra and pretend to be her. We all follow her on Twitter. (laughs) She posted her public key on Twitter. We all take that public key. We all put it into our apps. And now we all know that's Lynn. So this whole Twitter verified blue checkmark nonsense is pointless.
1: Well, it's pointless because you have it on Twitter. She's not verified. Then how do you know it's her?
0: We know that it's her because she has said this is my Twitter account, right? For a long time. For a long time. So it's not it just e- up. It exists, right? So they exist. Yeah. It's, a, it's an account that you follow. But if um, insert some other thing popped up tomorrow, Mm -hmm. right? Like Bostra, (laughs) right? And it didn't work off of public-private keys, right? It was just like you go over to that new platform and you do a search and someone spelt their name the same way or whatever and you think it's them. This public key is the blue check right yeah because
1: because that person is sharing it with them i mean i i understand what you're saying but it's like you still need like twitter to set up nostra it seems like
0: you do but you don't and so this technology this is this is one of the things where,
1: except for like me where i have a podcast Uh we've put my public key in the notes I, i mean i have a twitter account i'm not tweeting my nostra public key on Twitter. Like nobody's nobody follows me on Twitter. Nobody cares about me on Twitter. Okay. But because I have a podcast, we've put it in the show notes, that's how you know that's my Nostra account. Mm-hmm. But that's not gonna be the case for most people if they don't have Twitter and they're joining Nostra.
0: Right. So this is this is the technical part, right? So what we're doing here with public and private keys, this has existed before Nostra. This existed before Bitcoin. This has existed for a while. We're applying this concept of public-private keys as identification to more and more things, right? And when you do that, you no longer need, for example, um, Twitter or Facebook or Google with this username password, and then like you gotta trust Google mm-hmm. to like protect your password, right? Okay, you could already PGP encrypt and GPG encrypt your email. And the way you do that is, However you want to do it, you give the other person your public key, right? It's not a matter of you need some third party system. You created your keys and I give to whoever I want to communicate with. This is my public key. If you can't decode the message that I send you, it wasn't for me. That's been around for a while. That's cypherpunk stuff.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I I, I get what you're saying. It just seems to be like a more direct like transfer of public key than, oh, this person is just on Nostra with their photo and their name and you're just taking their word for it that this is who they are
0: right so like the scenario we just used where it's like she's on twitter she shared her public key Mm -hmm. on twitter right that could have been anything though that could have been a newsletter that could have been a email to you that's what I'm
1: saying that's like how for our podcast we put mine in the show notes so like
0: you may not see it because of the you know stuff that you kind of operate in on the internet but like in my world on the internet a lot of people have been sharing their public key already especially people when it when it deals with like um like when you're exposing the state right (laughs) when you're exposing the state people will say like this is my public key communicate with me over encrypted messaging right Encrypt your email so that the state can't read your yeah, emails. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this has been a thing that exists. Yeah. But now it's being brought down to, like, the social media level. Yeah. And because of how it operates and no one's in charge, yeah, there is a little weird handshake you have to do to make sure that you have the right public key of someone. But once you have
1: it... You're connected. Yeah. I, I, I understand all of that. I, I think it's going to be interesting, though, because if people are, are diehard Twitter people... They have been throughout all of the nonsense of Twitter, right? And we know, based on what Elon Musk exposes, that there are not a lot of people on Twitter. There are not a lot of active users on Twitter, right?
0: A lot is a relative term. Yeah,
1: but there's more people on Instagram. There's more people on Facebook. There's more people on TikTok.
0: Oh, Facebook just hasn't had its time in the barrel.
1: Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll take away Facebook, but I'll say TikTok and Instagram has more active daily users.
0: Instagram also, all of these platforms have the same problem that Twitter well, has. Well, I don't
1: know. I know maybe five people in my life that actually use Twitter. That's fine. So I, I'll i just say like in my circles, when you when you are saying, oh, this is like decentralized Twitter, a lot of people are going to be like, eh. But I think once there's other things that you can do on there, like I would say sharing a photo or a video um, or even like group chats and things like that, the masses will come because I think those types of uses, people are very quick to switch apps. Just like people were very quick to switch over to Instagram. They're very quick to switch over to Snapchat. Snapchat wasn't that great. They went to uh, TikTok. They did um, Vine for a minute. You know, like I think those are the types of things that people are going to be more attracted to and willing to try. But Twitter, if you don't use it, Twitter's like, "Eh." like I have, I have no interest in Twitter. I never have had interest in Twitter and going on Nostra I'm like okay like I look at it once in a while maybe I look at it once or twice a week sure. but it's for me I'm just like this is still a bunch of people just talking to each other and it's a lot of bitcoin chatter but once in a while someone's like I had coffee for for breakfast and I'm like okay <laughs> like right that We're, was how twitter started was people just saying random things out and to avoid and other people like i had coffee too and i'm like why am i reading this
0: right so this is like i used to go on this rant a long time ago um with all these mac people ironically i, I use a mac primarily for work these days but back when i first like got out the air force and i was working as a contractor. I worked with this one guy who was like, Windows PCs suck, like Macs or this, Macs or that. And everyone kind of chimed in and was like, yeah, Macs are great, Macs are great. And I was like, y'all want to pretend like we didn't build the entire internet using Windows. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because something isn't like to someone's liking doesn't mean that like it wasn't foundational to like all the things that we like and use today. Twitter was foundational to social media.
1: But Twitter wasn't first.
0: Wasn't first. But a lot of those things that existed back then, they're gone. There's something about Twitter and its existence that is fundamental, and that is um, mass distribution of information. Fundamentally, that's what it is. If you want to tell everyone that you had coffee, cool, I don't care, most people don't care, but if a bunch of people did care, like if Kim Kardashian tells everyone what coffee she had, it's really just the messenger that makes the message important, right? Instagram, Facebook, all these other things after that, they're all just building off of that concept, right? So, of course, this whole thing is going to start with the Twitter um, use case. But, of course, also all those other things are going to come. What I think is going to be really hard for the people that that are uh, not Bitcoiners and don't want to use the Twitter use case and want like the Instagram use case mm-hmm. or the TikTok use case is just like Bitcoin kind of requires you to be a little bit more responsible. Right. If you put your Private key in the wrong thing. That's it.
1: Everyone can see your stuff?
0: No, I can be you now.
1: Oh, your private key, not your public key. Your public key you can give away, right?
0: But your private key is basically your password. Yeah. So I just picture probably some very prominent people who are pretty (laughs) irresponsible accidentally posting their private key. And now we're all James Franco.
1: Or like their assistant... Getting right, right, right. one day. Because
0: these, these people, yeah. what they've done is with their wealth, they've insulated themselves from responsibility. Mm-hmm. And in this new world of, we'll just call it Nostra and Bitcoin at the moment, this cypherpunk world, you have to be a responsible person. And what we've kind of learned over the past 50 years is that the more wealth people get, the less responsible they are. And so again, Bitcoin, public-private key, cypher, all that stuff, It's an intelligence test. The reason why I get so excited about Nostra is because once all of these Nostra clients get like the basic use case in, we don't need any of that stuff anymore. We don't need Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Someone will build all of that. All of that's coming and it's coming real fast. I go to sleep. I wake up. All my Nostra clients have been updated.
1: I know you get so excited.
0: Because it's pure engineering at this point. There are no product managers. There are no marketing people. There's none of the nonsense that goes on in Silicon Valley. It's all pure, like, is my client better than yours? Yes. Everyone just starts using that one for a day. Then whoever, you know, like someone says, oh, that's a great idea. Then everyone implements it in theirs. And now there's parity again, right? Twitter, you still can't send, you know, you can technically send Bitcoin through Twitter, But like with Twitter, you can't drop a lightning um, invoice into Twitter and have it render. Yeah, so
1: guys, last night, Ian wanted to record and I wasn't feeling it. So he, I don't think tweet is the word. I think they're trying to figure out on Nostra what they'll call it. But Ian posted on Nostra and said, we're not recording tonight. So we're going to give like 100 sats to anyone that drops a lightning invoice on this and you and you gave out a little money to people. people yeah right so like so there's your incentive to follow ian on uh nostra
0: the point i was making there is that like that implementation i don't know the details i could obviously go look at the code because all of these things are open source also which is amazing um but Twitter can't do that. You can't drop a lightning invoice in Twitter and have it render with a button that says click pay and then it opens up one of your lightning apps and you pay the person. Twitter doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't Twitter have that? Because there's layers and layers and layers of management of people that are not engineers, that are not actually wanting to make the thing better. And right now in the Nostra world and in the Bitcoin world, everyone just wants to make stuff better. There's no like, as, as a person who's been in startup culture for a long time, There's that layer of BS that's just been removed. Like
1: laziness when you say BS?
0: I say BS like if you were to take any startup anywhere in the world right now and the CEO is not a software engineer, Mm -hmm. right? Let's assume it's a guy who had an idea and he went out raised some money and hired a bunch of engineers, right? Whatever that idea was, remove everyone from the company who doesn't know how to write code. That idea will still get built. And it'll get built a lot faster and a lot cleaner. Yeah. Right? Nostra and Bitcoin, that's what they are right now. It's that layer has been removed. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is starting to build it up a little bit. Like companies are starting to form. Yeah. You can't really just up and change, unchain capital tomorrow. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, but like, even within that world, there's still, ah, screw it. Let's do it.
1: There's still people like you who make something like the Satoshi savings calculator.
0: Right. That's a great example. And so these Nostra clients, I think I have, I said last night, I got like four different ones on my phone now. There's four different. Yeah, you got
1: so excited. You were like, babe, I was trying to do something in one and it didn't work. And I opened the other one and I did it in the other one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So yeah, like that's a great example. And there's just, there's not parity, right? And so I just look at Nostra as like, this is very similar to early days Bitcoin. I remember it. I was there for like a week. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I was a lot younger and I didn't really understand the implications.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But 14 years later,
1: older and wiser,
0: I see it happening in Nostra and I see the same like energy. I see the same yeah. people c- connecting all the dots being like, guys, if this takes off the whole idea of like, you are the product goes away because there will always be an option where you're not the product.
1: And right by now, that, you mean like seeing ads and other things? Yeah, there's so no that, ads on Nostra, hey, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. And so like, to just close out that thought, the, the reason why you don't have alternatives in the world that we live in today is because that guy who's not an engineer, his sole goal was to build something that was threatening enough to get bought. Maybe he succeeds and becomes Mark Zuckerberg, or maybe he becomes Snapchat, or maybe he becomes whatever. But at the end of the day, he's just going to do what he's got to do to become rich. Make that money. Whereas with Nostra- Make that
1: money, honey. That's what Ian always says to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, whereas with Nostra... When I'm sending
1: my emails at work.
0: <laughs> that's what I say when someone sends us a boost.
1: Yes, you do do that too. Um, you get very excited.
0: But the but, but with Nostra, it's not there. It's not being built to monetize the users. Mm-hmm. It's being built to liberate the users who are being monetized somewhere else. Anyone who thinks they have a problem with how social media works if they even remotely think that Facebook's doing everything that we know Facebook's doing and vice versa with every other social media company, please check out Nostra. The clients aren't great. There's an iOS client called Domus that's going into public release, I think maybe today or tomorrow on the app store for uh, iOS. And there's like four or five clients um, that are web-based. And then there's like two or three clients for Android. So you got like your choice (laughs) of what you want to try. If you didn't get to experience Bitcoin in its infancy, if you didn't get to experience the internet in its infancy, and you're curious about that stuff, I'm telling you, what's happening in Nostra is what happened. And if you want to watch it happen, just jump in. You don't have to do anything, but whatever you feel like you could contribute, check it out.
1: I think it's funny that description you just had about someone who has an idea and they go and they hire developers. When I started dating you, anyone who would hear that you were a software engineer would be like, can I talk to him about my idea? And at first I was like, yeah, go for it. And eventually I was like, no, he's too busy (laughs) because everyone just had an app idea. It's less so now, but everyone had an app idea and they were just like, I just need to find a developer who can build it for me.
0: Yeah, because it takes no work to say I have an app idea. Yeah, zero. That's an altcoin.
1: Also, it is an altcoin. Also, you would be like, that exists. How is that different from this? And they'd be like, no, 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 My idea is better. There were actually a million conversations I had with you that way, but I feel like I was just flirting with you. Probably. But I had a couple and you were like, that would never work. And I was like, yes, it could. And then years later, like it would be something, uh, it would be like a capability added to another existing app. And I would be like, here, here, see. And you were like, yeah, they had a team of like 50 developers that built that. I couldn't build that. Yeah. It was still a good idea. That's really
0: like what I've come to acknowledge now is if it's a good idea, it will eventually exist. Yeah, but you you won't be the one who built it. (laughs) Well, yeah, but if you see enough of your ideas come to existence, Mm -hmm. then you probably have a good eye for ideas. Yeah. Whereas a lot of those things that people were presenting to me usually already existed and or existed and had failed.
1: So this was my big idea because I used to be out in these streets a lot. Guys, Ian is a homebody. I am not so I was like I would go out I'd go to bars I'd go to clubs we live in Washington DC and so my whole thing was like is it worth my time to like wait in line at this bar or club to go inside and find out it's not that crowded um, and like you know it's just not bumping yet and so my idea was for it to be kind of like this app like a check-in app or something where like you could see What was going on at different bars, and if it was worth your time to go, or if it was going to be dead when you went there. I also wanted it to be like, oh, is there going to be music there? Is there a DJ? That's those types of things. That doesn't exist. But on Google Maps, if you now look at a business, it'll tell you how busy it is there. And I think it's because it takes some type of like it's got to be some cell phone data that they use. GPS location data of people.
0: That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah,
1: it's so smart. I mean, I didn't think of that. I thought it was going to be like user-driven data. No. But.
0: Because that idea had already been tried and failed.
1: Yeah. That
0: was my point. But
1: it exists now. So like now you can see, oh, it's a little It's a little busy. It's quiet. It's um, normal. Whatever that is, they have that little thing. I don't know if they have that everywhere, but they have it in Washington, D.C. And I love it. And so I I think I had that idea maybe seven, eight years ago, and I just saw it in like the past year or two.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, when you presented that idea, that was Foursquare.
1: Yeah. You were saying, but Foursquare had died.
0: Foursquare has died like four times. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Foursquare is actually a hilarious story. Um, The guy who originally uh, created it, he sold his company to Google. Mm -hmm. Didn't work out. He leaves, he starts Foursquare, it dies, he sold it to someone else. Like, he has sold that idea Good many, man. many times. But
1: I didn't ever want people to know where I was personally. I just wanted to be able to, like...
0: But how else would you get that data without you, someone telling you where they are? Right,
1: I don't care if an app knows where I am, but I didn't want to, like, broadcast, oh, look, I'm having a sandwich at this restaurant, which is what Foursquare was. No,
0: it wasn't. Foursquare's original idea was people checking in at a place to gather that exact data that you wanted.
1: Yeah, but you would have friends on that app, so they would also that was see all added you later. Well, Okay, was well, you're an early later. adopter. I'm not.
0: Yeah, I know. This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know all the ideas, but I've seen a lot of things. My
1: idea was better. And Google took it, and they did it.
0: No, Google was actually able to pull it off. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. And they do it by spying on us all. yeah. So if if no one explains to you how they do it, everyone thinks it's a great idea. Oh
1: no, I know they're spying on us, but a lot of people don't. Good information. A lot
0: of people don't. It's just how the same how they do with traffic in your car.
1: Yeah.
0: How does Google know where there's traffic is? Yeah. yeah. Your phone stopped moving. Yeah. Forget the fact they know that you're driving versus walking. That's a whole other like issue. They
1: they get that wrong sometimes. Sometimes I'm driving real slow. (laughs) They think I'm walking. That's city life. But I digress. All right, I got you really off topic today. As usual. It's what I do on and off the podcast. But I, for the first time ever, checked my keys. Yeah. How do you think it went, babe? You tell me. I don't know. I was just doing what you told me to do. I don't think I could do it on my own without you there, which you... is probably like more important. I should get to the point where I can do it on my own.
0: Okay, but do you understand what you did?
1: <sighs> That's a good question. I believe that you first showed me your key and my key, and you showed me how we have to both check our keys into the program that we use as multi-sig for any time we want to move our Bitcoin into our wallets.
0: Mm, Close.
1: Can you believe I said that sentence? This was um, a year of work, guys. This was a year of podcasting about this topic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I'm out here telling all your you guys, get your get your get your Bitcoin off the exchanges. Get you know, get a cold. I'm tell, I'm telling people all of this stuff, but I don't know what the hell I am talking about. <laughs> I'm just like, babe, you got it covered, right?
0: <laughs> I'm glad you recognize that.
1: <laughs> hey, I worry about other stuff for our family. <laughs>
0: Sure, um, but I
1: understand how important it is that I that I learn how to do this. So I'm trying.
0: What you did is um, just called a key check. It's not a requirement of Bitcoin at all, right? You don't have to. You don't have to do what you did. But you are correct in that in order to move that Bitcoin, you need both of those keys. Which
1: we did. You like also in that same lesson that you were giving me, we moved some Bitcoin.
0: Well, the Bitcoin that we moved, you didn't need those keys to move it. That's the point that I'm, that's Mm -hmm. what I was trying to drive to. So to put Bitcoin in to that wallet, you can send that from anywhere and you don't need those keys. That's true. Right. But to move Bitcoin out of that wallet, you need both of those keys, right? And you can only move it by signing the transaction with both of those keys. So if you only had one, you can't do anything.
1: Yeah. So I learned how to unlock the key. Is that the term?
0: That is, that is... The term, yeah.
1: I learned how to unlock the key and like turn it on so that it was ready Mm -hmm. for use. Mm -hmm. And we did it.
0: What I have in the notes here is that what you did is called Mm multi-sig, where you use multiple, going back to like the Nostra conversation, right? You use multiple public private keys. Granted, these are just private because you're signing a transaction, Mm -hmm. but there's a public key that goes along with them. Um, Use multiple private keys to sign a transaction to be broadcast onto the Bitcoin network, right? And that has one layer of security, which is um, obviously if someone were to get one of those, no big deal. They can't move the Bitcoin, right? Um, But there is another way that you can create a similar situation. Going back to the conversation about responsibility, right? Is that you can use one of those keys and then put multiple passphrases on that key and so what that Pass is
1: phrase being like i love mandana
0: um i mean you could you you could probably do that if you wanted to
1: we'll figure that out real quick i just give yeah. it away
0: yeah so that's why you don't that's why you uh, don't say certain things over
1: you're you would never make it i love mandana. i would never make
0: that no not at all um uh, but it the would point be
1: like mandana is annoying <laughs>
0: i think they would guess that also so uh, i'm
1: just stealing all the ones you have lined up
0: but the idea there is that that way you don't have to manage multiple keys you just have to remember multiple passphrases Mm -hmm. right and so with a setup like that again it doesn't matter if someone gets your key right because they need to know the passphrase the reason i want to bring up this difference is both are equally secure our setup has an extra step because we use unchained capital, right? And so unchained capital provides a third key in that quorum of keys. Whereas with the passphrase, if you forget the passphrase, it don't matter if you have the key, you're screwed.
1: So what happens if we lose one of our keys, the physical one?
0: Well, we have the physical key, but that physical key has those 12 words that are the backup. Mm -hmm. And so those are somewhere else, Mm -hmm. right? So if you lose the physical key, you go get the backup.
1: And then you just turn you just, on another key with those words. You can
0: turn on any hardware wallet. You punch okay, in those 12 yeah, words. Yeah. The 12 words will regenerate your private key inside of that hardware device. But since we have Unchained Capital, if you were to lose one of the keys, Unchained Capital holds a third. So as long as you have one, you could log into Unchained Capital, use your one. And then the fact that you logged in is your second key. They do a little verification to make sure that it's you. You move your Bitcoin somewhere else, that you do control all the keys, right? And then you can move it back in, create new keys or whatever, right? It would be a process, however you want to fix it. But with Unchained Capital, you get that that third key that is always in a place in theory that you can get to.
1: And if you're thinking about, you know doing this, having like multi-sig or password, whatever, you know, everything that Ian just described, here's your incentive to do it because, um, Ian of course used to have one key and then when he went to get me another one, he got to upgrade his own key. So my key is old and his is brand new and like fancier. So <laughs> there's incentive if you're like ready to bring your partner or spouse, onto uh, your uh, multi-sig process, <laughs> you get to buy like a new and improved key. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yours is nicer than mine. Let's just say it.
0: It's nicer because it's newer. Exactly. I don't even sell that one anymore, so I didn't have a choice. Oh, you didn't have a choice. I didn't yeah, have a yeah, choice. you didn't have
1: a choice. <laughs> That's how it always does. Ian's like, oh, I think it's time that you have this piece of technology I'm going to give you the one I have and then I'm going to buy myself a new one. It's always
0: that. <laughs> what do you mean? First of all, what do you mean by always?
1: You've done it with cell, name, fo- cell
0: phones. Name two examples. <laughs> all right,
1: let me think of another <laughs> Because one.
0: besides a cell phone, I can't think of a time that I've done that.
1: Headphones? Speakers? Nope. 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 I'll think of one. I'll think of one later. But <laughs> you're laughing because you know that's what you do. I know that. Our, I our wallet, or the key, I'm sorry, the key. Yeah, there's the second example.
0: No, 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 no. I bought two to do multi sig. Mm -hmm. That wasn't me buying one so that you would have one. I just named them that so you would know the difference. Yeah, they're both our keys. One isn't your key. When we were doing
1: it, the one was called Ian's and Mm -hmm. one was called Month and (laughs) Us. I was (laughs) showing.
0: Hey, whatever so you want <laughs> to you tell yourself. Whatever you want to tell Look, yourself. Look,
1: you don't need to be defensive. I'm just giving an incentive to people out there who might want a new fancy shiny key. Like, do multi-six, set it up with your partner, and they get the old one. Okay, last but not least, let's talk about what Ian wanted to talk about this episode. (laughs) The big news out of El Salvador is that El Salvador has paid off some of its debts to the IMF, not using Bitcoin. I'm assuming they converted Bitcoin into dollars and paid the IMF. Is that what happened? No. They paid it in Bitcoin. No. What happened?
0: How they paid it doesn't really matter, but I can tell you that they didn't sell any Bitcoin to pay it. Mm, okay. Right? But the, the important part of this story is that El Salvador paying off its debt is a beacon for all of the countries south of our border. Because once they are no longer beholden to international financiers, whether it's the IMF, the World Bank, or Goldman Sachs, whoever will loan you money, right? A lot of those people loan countries money because they want them to change policies, right? Right and so by El Salvador working towards paying off this debt in the same month that they passed their new bill that's basically going to allow them to issue this this bond where half of the money is going to be used to buy bitcoin those financiers don't want them to borrow money to buy bitcoin right they just don't want them to do that there was a very strong possibility that they were going to like call these loans in if and when El Salvador issues this bitcoin bond right so by paying off their debts debts that Bukele and his administration did not acquire by the way these are debts that were accrued by other administrations that are kind of been proven to be corrupt and in the pocket of these people that were loaning them the money in the (laughs) first place right so regardless of who acquired the debt Bukele has said we're paying it off now get out of my country I think that it's going to take maybe a couple more years but I think every other little small South American country Central American country is going to look at that and go hmm
1: Bitcoin's the way out.
0: It's the way out because the way that the IMF and the World Bank have this system working, it's not designed for you to pay it off. It's designed for you to need to come back and borrow more. Mm -hmm. And oh, you need more money? We need you to make some concessions.
1: It's interesting that this is happening as the U.S. is headed towards defaulting (laughs) on its debt in June, I think.
0: The United States keeps accruing debt and they don't pay it off. Mm -hmm. They're never going to pay it off. El Salvador paid off its debts or is in the process of paying off its um, its debts. The goal is to pay off its debt, right?
1: You know, the interesting thing about it is I saw a lot of different news articles about it and it takes, I would say maybe the majority of these news articles are, I don't know, five to seven paragraphs. It's in the sixth paragraph in one sentence where they mention Bitcoin and it's not even in a positive light. It's like, you know, this happened after the IMF was upset that Bitcoin or that El Salvador had made Bitcoin its legal tender. It's not even like, oh, this is a signal that Bitcoin might be good for a country's economy as legal tender.
0: Well, again, Bitcoin isn't the reason why they paid off this debt. Bitcoin is the reason why they believe that they can pay this debt off, right? So when they adopted Bitcoin, their GDP just shot through the roof. Mm -hmm. Not because Bitcoin was improving their GDP, but because people were now interested in El Salvador it put them on the map tourism mm-hmm. and investment and all the things that do improve your GDP so with those projections in their improving GDP El Salvador is saying it's safe for us you know they're assuming they're making the assumption a, a calculation that it's safe for us to pay this off if we keep growing because if we keep growing paying this 800 million or 600 million depending on which article you read paying off this debt, we're not going to end up being broke, right? We're going to grow into a new economy. And Bukele is making the argument that that new economy is going to be centered around Bitcoin. Because when you're living in the fiat based dollar economy, well, you wake up one day and all the money that you might have saved up just got devalued by 40%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like, okay, so I got to pay off my debts with like, um, you know, the dollars are worth less. So that kind of works out for me, right? It's, it's cheaper to pay it off. But if all my people just got poorer, they didn't really help out the country, they didn't help out the individual citizens. And so by saying citizens can interact and pay each other with Bitcoin, they can't be devalued anymore. And let's just see what happens to a country that's not on a fiat system for five, 10 years. Yeah. Not everyone's going to adopt it in El Salvador, right? A lot of people still think the dollar is better, but there are going to be a lot of people in El Salvador that have become millionaires because they own a coffee shop and they were taking Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. it's not going to be that long for people to figure out like, oh, I should be taking Bitcoin too. I go to my coffee shop right over here, right? I've been going there for what, the past three, four months now? And Bitcoin just went up like 30, 40%. And I said to him, I was like, if I've been paying you in Bitcoin this whole time, I mean, I haven't bought a lot, I buy coffee, you know, whatever. But I've just been buying coffee from you this whole time. I'm probably your number one customer by a long shot. (laughs) (laughs) Because all the Bitcoin I gave you just appreciated. When's the last time the dollar appreciated It doesn't. It's designed to just keep being worth less and less and less and less. A whole country not being devalued, that's going to be a strobe light for the whole world to look at going, oh, that's what can happen? And then everyone's going to run from this fiat system.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's easy to say that now when it's gone up a little in the past month, but... This wouldn't have been easy to say, you know, last May or June.
0: Right. So the, the, the main issue here is that the fiat dollar and the hard money Bitcoin exist side by side. So anytime, especially in El Salvador, anytime someone goes to pay for something, they have a choice. And since the dollar has recency bias, right? Like it's the dollar. Why wouldn't I take the dollar? Why wouldn't you want the dollar? Right. People are still going to trade in the dollar. The price of Bitcoin going down over the past year has nothing to do with the long-term improvement to El Salvador that's going to be made when their government is storing the government's wealth in Bitcoin, right? Because Bukele's set up something, I don't know if this is 100% true, you know, they say they're doing it, but like, they're buying a Bitcoin a day. People have been getting on him for all the Bitcoin that he's bought, but it's like, a fraction of all the debt they just paid off mm-hmm. so it's like they got the money now if bitcoin does what we think Bitcoin's going to do this little bit of money that they're spending today as the dollar is continually devalued will become worth more and more and more
1: yeah i understand that i understand so, like, all of that it's just going to take time and it's in the hopes that after the having everything's going to kind of skyrocket
0: Again, I don't think this is a matter of everything skyrocketing. I think this is a matter of there's going to be volatility. And every time there's volatility, people are going to say, oh, Bitcoin is dead. But Bukele basically got El Salvador in at a price point somewhere between 20000 and 70000 And as soon as Bitcoin stays above 70000 the conversation's over. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be within the next two to four years. So... Like it doesn't matter, right? Like once everyone's used everyone's used to Bitcoin being above thousand dollars now.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Like no one is saying like Bitcoin might go to thousand dollars, except for like a few people think it's gonna go to zero. But like Bitcoin being worth a dollar is like common. Bitcoin being worth hundred, a $1, thousand dollars is common. Even ten thousand people are like, oh it might drop to twelve. Common place for it to be worth at least ten thousand dollars. No one argues or questions that. Let it get to a hundred thousand. Yeah. Then is going to look like the genius that he already is. We just need to see it play out. Now, he's a human. I'm sure there's something in there, in his past, in his file, that will come out if he is successful. And we'll have to all decide if we're okay with that. As he basically turned what was treated as like the murder capital of the world into a place where some of the wealthiest people in the world now want to go to. He turned, he did to El Salvador what they did to Harlem or Brooklyn, right? It's like they gentrified a whole country. Like all the wealthy Bitcoiners are trying to figure out how to move to El Salvador. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. No one's moving to insert someplace in America. If you're a Bitcoiner, you're like, how do I get to El Salvador?
1: I know you keep saying it. And I'm like, we live here. (laughs) For now. We live here. We'll see. So yeah, I feel like, babe, there's a lot going on this week that you're excited about. You're very high energy.
0: Between Nostra and Bitcoin, these two things are unstoppable. As a person who likes technology, I like seeing something that is unstoppable being talked about like it can be stopped or it's not going to work because, right? It just shows like you're failing the intelligence test. And uh, it's one of these guys that I watch on YouTube. He said this a couple years ago in a different way, but I think we're at like a point where humanity is about to fork, right? This is a concept in software. You have a fork, right? Bitcoin had a fork. Um, you take the code, you make a copy of it, and you make some changes. That's a fork. I think that humanity is about to fork. I think we're in the process of forking.
1: We're getting (laughs) forked.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, there's basically people that don't mind getting forked. Uh And there are people that are like, no more. You
1: can't fork me anymore. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And so the Bitcoiners, when you say like all the Bitcoiners are on Nostra, the Bitcoiners are the technocratic version of the gold bugs.
1: And they're saying fork you.
0: And they're taking all of their labor, all of their brain power, all of their capabilities, and they're just going to remake the world in their image. And as the fiat world dies out, we're going to see Bitcoiners that, I mean...
1: Fork fiat by Bitcoin. That could be on a t-shirt. Maybe. (laughs) I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I'm just (laughs) ideating.
0: But but I think we're in the process of seeing this fork happen. And I think to try it all back to El Salvador I think El Salvador is a physical manifestation of that fork happening mm-hmm. right because before El Salvador it's the first country in a world where we pretend that the UN is representative of sovereign nations right it's the first sovereign entity that has said this money, it's not better, it's just as it's equal to, Mm -hmm. right? They're just saying you as humanity in this little square box of six million people plus anybody who wants to come visit, right? You make the choice. And if it wins out, it wins out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least they're equal and they can compete. That idea of competition versus dominion from above That's what the fork is. And that's why Nostra is so impressive to me is that there's literally five different people competing to be the Twitter of Nostra. They'll probably all be relatively equivalent at the end of the day, but it's not a winner-take-all. You don't just get to make Domus and then be like, well, I control social media on Nostra. It's like, no buddy, I can spin something up tomorrow and everyone can bring all their followers and all their data and everything they want over here. And if I'm better, I'm better. And if I'm not, then I go away. And that idea of competition, I think, humanity has lost. Tend to want somebody to be in charge and solve all the problems and they don't let ideas compete and this right here with bitcoin and nostra are two of the biggest competitions that are happening no one can control your money no one control your speech And if you have uncontrollable money and uncontrollable speech what does that world look like because we haven't seen it since in theory the invention of the printing press